Well, um, if I could just invite Matt, uh, Pastor uh, Matt Whalen up. We, uh, we're very honored to have him. He's going to be our guest speaker this evening. Uh, he's been in the area. He's actually driving through. He's been on the road for almost a month uh, preaching and ministering in California and Texas and Colorado. I don't know. I don't know if it's in that order, but anyway, it works. He's on his way back through Texas, and he stopped here, and he's uh, good friends with uh, the Kwanzas who are, who are uh, attendees at this church, and um, he actually has a ministry to the poor and to the broken. Um, in uh, Boston, you've done this. In San Diego, you've done this. You're doing this now in Texas. He's, he's stationed at Bryan, Texas. Is it Bryan Station, Texas? Bryan College Station. Whatever. Texas. It's in Texas. It's a big place. You don't really need to know that, but... Uh, uh, Anyway, um, so he's, he's elevated himself by coming to Albuquerque for this season, but God's doing great things through him. He does things called uh, the Jesus Gathering, and uh, where a bunch of people come together, worship, and love Jesus, and bring revival. He's a revivalist. He has a heart for the kingdom of God. I'm excited to receive from his ministry. Why don't we just pray for him before he starts, eh? Just point your hands towards him. Father, I just thank you for this man. I thank you for this, uh, the anointing on his life, God. I thank you for the words you've put in his heart. Holy Spirit, would you use him mightily? Would your word minister to us, Lord? Would you use him to uh, point us to Jesus? Then may your spirit continue to flow through his life, through this room. May we continually be transformed as we uh, stare into your glory. And we bless Matt. We receive the word that you've prepared in his heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, brother. Is this working? It's on good. Well, first, thank you to Paul and all of you guys here at New Life for welcoming me in. I can tell that obviously you have no discernment if you welcomed me in. No. <laughs> But <laughs> no, it's totally a joke. No, but for, for real, um, super humbled and honored to be among brothers and sisters in Jesus. Amen. For a moment before I even get going here, I just want to thank the Lord. But can we do this together? Yeah. Where it's every voice activated, every heart engaged. Right, I, I don't, I don't want to just come and, and share a good message. I, I just want to say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, thank you. And so could we maybe just stand up, and I'm just going to come on down with you. And, and just, I mean, there are so many things to be thankful for, amen? So many things, clothes on our back, water that is running, and obviously you guys have been needing water desperately, so Lord, thank you for the rain. But even right now, I just, every muzzle, if there's any religious muzzles on anybody, off right now in Jesus' mighty name. This is a house of freedom. I can tell it's a house of freedom. And I stepped in. That last song you sang was all about freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Um, I might be getting some feedback, but that's all good. Because God's freedom is bigger than feedback. <laughs> and one of my gifts is lighter fluid. In Corinthians somewhere, you got to go look it up. But there's a lot of fires. I can tell when I was walking around this room. There's some fires, some some fires that are burning bright. Some embers that are wanting some lighter fluid on it. Amen. 
And there is victory in Jesus' name. So right now, even before we get going, Lord, I just pray that all the things break off of us in Jesus' name, that we experience the full freedom that you have. Thank you for power and prayer, oh God. Thank you that it's just not a house of prayer, it's a house of answers. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We get to say thank you. You're the one that invented the thank you, so we just want to agree with you, Jesus. You're the one that breathes life into our souls. You're the one that puts the love in our hearts. You're the one that ignites us, excites us. You're the one that invigorates us and gives us life and life more abundantly. Thank you, God, that we're a praying people. We're not a passive people. We're not pew sitters. We're participators. We're not an audience. We're an army of the living God. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to do this together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're brothers and sisters by the blood. Thank you, Lord God, that is you and you alone that sits on the throne. Thank you, God, that you fix our eyes on the you who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you, God, that there is a fire shut up in every single one of our bones. And I pray, God, that it be ignited. It would be ignited in us. Together we would sing to you. Together we would pray to you. Together we would preach to you. Lord, that I wouldn't be the only voice, but every voice would rise. Every single boy, every single girl, every single man, every single woman. Thank you, God, that all the covers of religion are pulled off and the kingdom of God comes. Ha, yes, Lord. Somebody said to me one time, Matt, why are you so passionate? I said, why are you not? I think it's weird not to be, honestly, right? If you really think about what Jesus has done, it's kind of weird that we wouldn't dance. It's kind of weird that we wouldn't pray. It's kind of weird that we wouldn't hug every single brother and sister we see. It's kind of weird that we wouldn't jump for joy. Can you imagine telling the guy at the lame, the lame guy at the gate called beautiful, hey buddy, calm it down, don't jump. He'd look at you and be like, I don't know what, what God you serve, but the one I serve just healed my legs. Amen. Okay. All right, I'm not going to do every, everybody's voice right now. Can we just thank him? Keep it flowing. Guys, I, I don't know why, but I feel like we're supposed to start walking and start walking around this place and just start praying his presence in together. Can we just, just get, come on, get out of your seat, whatever, however the Lord leads you in it. We just start praying over things, be led of the Spirit. Yeah, Lord. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. 
We just thank you that you're telling us to come on. We thank you that you're telling us to come up higher. Lord, we thank you that you're telling us to come to you and to be refreshed. We thank you that you're singing over the city and you're saying, come, come, come to me. Come to me and let me love on you. Come to me and let me open it up to you. Come to me and let me bring you life. Come to me and let me give you freedom. So Lord, we just say yes, Lord. We just say yes. We just run into your arms and we just thank you, God. We just thank you, Lord, that you are the miracle, that you're the way maker. Lord, that you're the miracle worker, Lord, and that you bring your freedom, Lord, into spaces and places. And so God, we just open ourselves up to you. We thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, is there is freedom. Lord, we thank you that where your spirit is Lord, there is freedom. We just thank you that where your spirit is Lord, there is life. And we just bless you, God. We just bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Here you go, honey. No, anybody? He just. Yeah, I was just. Amen. Amen. So we have a prayer. Oh, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. Mm. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord. Can you imagine walking with Jesus and one day he's turning water into wine and you are just like, And it's easy to get up that next day and follow this guy, right? Then the next day he's making a whip. And you're like, wait a second. I didn't sign up for that one. Can we go back to the water to wine thing? What do you mean you're making a whip? This isn't the message, but I was just thinking about, you know, when you follow Jesus, you the early disciples never knew what was next, right? It had to be a journey of faith and it had to be every single day they would wake up and they had to make this decision, are we gonna follow this guy? And they didn't know what was coming next. They had no idea what it was gonna look like and he in the early beginnings had already flipped over all of their comfort apple carts and they just had to be like, okay, we gotta go with them. This man, when he walks, there's life, there's, there's realness, there's truth. Sometimes we're super excited because there's amazing, thing hap- amazing things happening and other times we could feel all the eyes of the Pharisees looking at us like, are you with him or are you not? Because we're going to target you too if you're with them. These were real things, right? This was real stuff. How do I get back up there? 
I'm a little bit older now. <laughs> All right. That was the green chili kicking in from New Mexico. <laughs> mm. You know, but we just came from, yes, Lord, keep moving on that brother. It's your presence, come on him. More and more, complete freedom. Complete freedom. Um, we came from San Diego, California. Uh, Paul had mentioned that we were um, doing these things called the Jesus Gatherings. And basically, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but basically we, a, a small contingent group of us, two of which are here, my father and mother-in-law, Travis and Carol, can you stand up? And they, they drove all the way from Texas just to be here tonight. <laughs> but, you know, we, we came to this place, and I think I'm among a people that are hungering for the Lord Jesus Christ, hungering for the presence of God, right? And so it was just a small group of us, and we just came together, and, and we said, Lord, we just want to seek you. But we don't want to assume anything. And we just came to the Holy Spirit and said, before we get going on anything, there's a group of us that came together just to seek the face of God, no agenda other than to seek his face. And what happened was we were instructed to go to the Holy Spirit and just say, number one, forgive us for where we have resisted you. In any area of our life, forgive us where we've resisted you and then reveal to us any of those areas that we don't even know that we're resisting you. Forgive us for quenching you, right? Any of those areas where we've pulled out those pharisaical fire hoses and just put out the fires that were actually of God and because we had fear of man. Oh, isn't it, isn't it so good to have that fear of man broken off of you? And let the fire of God just flow and flow freely. And then we came to the Holy Spirit and said, forgive us for where we have grieved you. Show us those areas. And, and in all of it, the beauty is, is when there is a drawing of the Spirit, condemnation is out, right? You're just being drawn by the Spirit of God to go places and to be able to allow him to speak to things that in times past, maybe you, were, you just didn't want to have to deal with it. Or maybe you just could kind of skip around it. Or maybe you, just could, you could exist without having to really think too much about it. But when the presence of God starts to move on a people, a people are drawn into those deep places, right? Those deep places, there's no, there's no condemnation, there's no fear. There's a healthy fear of God, but there's not this fear of like, what will I look like? There's a beautiful vulnerability that has been given to us as a gift by the blood of Jesus, Right? So we just came together and the spirit of God just started coming. It was four hours later and we had no idea who was leading it, what was going on, other than that the presence of God was all over the place. People were getting delivered from demons. People were getting healed from all kinds of diseases and sicknesses. People were, were just functioning as a body together, every part doing its share in, in a four-hour time frame where there wasn't necessarily, make sure you're doing this or you do that. It was just the flow of God. His presence visit us. So over time, um, and we had invited uh, those who are dear friends of ours 
uh, for over 22 years, some of the people from the old Jesus movement. Anybody in here from the old Jesus movement of the 70s? Yeah, we've got a, we got a couple oldies, but goldies in here, right? Yeah, so that was like around the 1670s, <laughs> 1970s, and, and the Lord just moved really powerfully among people. So we, we begin to invite some of those in, the older ones, and merge them in with a younger generation. So let's seek God's heart together. Let's recapture whatever needs to be recaptured. Let's throw out whatever needs to be thrown out. But let's pursue the Lord Jesus. Because he says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. But even our drawing near to him is an act of love because he's loved us first. That's why we're drawing near to him. Because we know he's good. We know he's good. And so, anyway, the Lord just began to move. So we've gone all over the country now. And just had these times, we just invite people in and say, hey, let's just come together and let's just seek God and let's see what happens. And so we just got back from California and on the first night before, because a couple of us came together and prayed and my wife said, uh, as we were driving, actually it was before that first night, as we were driving through New Mexico, my wife turns to me and says, honey, I'm sensing that I'm supposed to sing this old hymn. And it's called Wade in the Water. Somebody's got it over there. Right? It's this old Wade in the Water. And then at the end, it says, God's going to trouble the water. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And so we get there, and on the first night, she begins to sing this old hymn, Wade in the Water. Wade in the Water. God's going to trouble the water. Right as she's singing, this gentleman over in the corner, it's just this prayer time, is praying for somebody, and all of a sudden, immediately, a guy's manifesting a demon. And it wasn't, you know, one of those normal where it's a nice little quiet deliverance session, which are great, amen? Uh, but this was one of those ones where the, I mean, this is deep. This demon's screaming out at us saying, we will honor the blood oath. And every single one of his teeth in his mouth, my 15-year-old son came over to pray for him as well, every single one of his teeth in his mouth go razor sharp like knives. Both, all of them. It was like a werewolf coming out of him. But the blood of Jesus, because it doesn't matter about the blood oath of the generational curse or the agreement, when the blood of Jesus is present, God's gonna trouble that water. Amen. And so right off the bat, deliverance was starting to break out everywhere. And this is something I don't know if you guys have noticed, but deliverance is starting to move very mightily again in the nation. It's happening all over, right? And this is a very important thing because I believe, you know, the first place that Jesus goes to bring forth a deliverance is actually when he goes into Capernaum, he goes into the synagogue. And it's in the synagogue that the first demon cries out. Right up in the modern day church of his day. And I believe there's a deliverance over God's people. A deliverance of some of these demonic entities. If, if you hear what I'm saying, some principalities and some powers that exist over regions. And they, they're, they're the dark forces that keep us fed just enough so we'll stay comfortable and happy, but we'll never actually break through into the place that God has for his people. But 
The Lord is sending deliverers upon Mount Zion. You hear what I'm saying? There are a mighty company of people that are beginning to move again. And maybe some of you have walked in this for a long time. Maybe some of you are new to some of it. All that doesn't matter. What matters is that the power of God is present to deliver his people. Not that it ever wasn't, but maybe God's people had a season where unbelief was actually at such work and action in our life that it crippled us. But the Lord's doing something. So on the last day of this gathering, there was deliverance all throughout the weekend, healing. There was God just moving. And songs break out everywhere. And I think this is something about the, the young lady came up and, and read that you are a royal priesthood. Chosen generation. Do you know every single one of us is included in that priesthood? The priesthood of believers is beginning to rise again. The priesthood of believers, a people that can move and move mightily. And it's important that us as leaders activate that, amen? It's important that we give space and room for that because we're in environments that we can do this kind of stuff. Look, you gotta change diapers no matter what, right? That's just part of it. And I've had more diapers changed on me in my walk with Jesus by some loving and caring brothers and sisters. But this is just part of it where God is moving and he's wanting to move mightily, but through every single member. Every single member activated. Every single member functioning. Every single member moving with the Holy Spirit. Every single member proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single member. Wait, it said in the scriptures, and these things will follow those that have a Dallas Theological Seminary degree. It said these signs will follow them that believe. So there is an absolute attack of the enemy to keep us walking in the faith of what God has always promised. And therefore, it, it, it falls upon us to no longer be the bullseye, but to see what the bullseye is. And as the lie of the enemy and let the truth arrow shoot straight into it and break this thing wide open so that the spirit of God can come and move. Mm. Where were we? The activation of the saints of God. It's the exciting time we're living in right now. I believe we're on the cusp of, revi of revival, right? It, those things aren't guaranteed. Those things come as a result of God's goodness, but it's a result of our responding to that goodness and not of a work of the flesh, but out of being drawn by the spirit and responding to him, right? The Holy Spirit needs mainly two things, time and space. One of the greatest crosses in the Western church is time. If you think about it, we're, we're, we're always looking at our watches. We're always got our phones nonstop, right? Well, how long is this gonna take? Is this guy gonna preach for a long time? Paul said to me today, he said, hey, take as long as you want, you know, do however the spirit flows. Isn't that awesome? I was like, oh man, 
that's so great. He's just, he like, you know, because sometimes you go in places, they're like, hey, 22 minutes. And I'll see them pacing if you go over it. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. There is a clock up there, though. I do see that. But it's like 22 minutes. Okay, well, praise God. You know, in China, if you, if you can't go for 12 hours, they don't want you to come. They want you to go for 12 hours. So I told Paul, I said, okay, we're gonna go for 12 hours tonight. He said, that's great. I'm gonna go get some food in between. And Jesus, I said, amen, brother. You know. But thankfully, hey, look, there is in here tonight, there's no windows. And anybody named Eutychus in here tonight? Anybody know who Eutychus is? He is like a hero. That dude fell asleep while Paul was preaching one time in the book of Acts. And he didn't just fall asleep, but he was next to a window that was open and fell asleep. He fell out the window and died. My goodness, can you imagine that? But I think one of the greatest things, though, that Luke was anointed to write in there was that he wrote, and there were many candles lit in that room. Eutychus had no out. It was bright. It wasn't dark. He was, he could, everything was seen. I just thought that was so funny. And my little girl one time said to me, he said, yeah, but daddy, if there was many candles, it was really hot and it put him to sleep. <laughs> Kids, man, they get it. They get it. But anyway, let's, I want to read some scriptures. If I have my glasses here. You, when you get older, Either your, long, your arms have to get longer or you have to get glasses to read this stuff. Can I get an amen from some of the older ones in here that have the reading glasses? Yeah, I never thought it would happen to me, but it did. And I'm just gonna read, read these off. It's not the full scripture. I'm gonna give you the scripture. You can either jot it down, look it up. I'm gonna go kind of quick here. We are justified by it, Romans 5.1. The righteous live by it, Habakkuk 2.4. We are saved by grace through it, Ephesians 2.8. We walk by it, 2 Corinthians 5.7. We are to abide in it, 1 Corinthians 13.13. 13. It releases healing and deliverance, Matthew 15.28. Matthew 9, 29 through 30, Mark 5, 34. We move mountains with just a small dose of it, Matthew 21, 21. Through it, we can subdue kingdoms and stop the mouths of lions, Hebrews 11, 33. We are taught to pray with it and don't pray without it, Matthew 21, 22. It is impossible, it is impossible, it is impossible to please God without it. Hebrews eleven six. It is one of the weightier matters to God. Matthew 23, 23. It makes God marvel. Matthew 8, 8 through 10. And Mark 6, 5 through 6. We fight the good fight of it, 1 Timothy 6.12. It is the shield of our armor and quenches every fiery dart of Satan. Quenches every fiery dart of Satan. Ephesians 6.16. 
We, the church, are called the household of it. Galatians 6.10. It is the unity that we are being brought into. Ephesians 4.13. It is both a gift and a fruit of the Spirit. It is the only thing working through love that avails anything. Galatians 5.6. It is the work we have been called to. John 6, 28 through 29. Jesus rejoices in and affirms those who publicly display it. Matthew 8, 10. And Jesus constantly rebukes his followers for a lack of it. Mark 4, verse 40. Matthew 14, verse 31. Matthew 17, verse 17. I want to know who has written down all that because you are a speed writer. Jesus prays that we would not lose it and it would not fail. Luke 22, 32. Jesus says we will do greater things than he did if we have it. John 14, 12. By it, we can face fiery furnaces, swords of men, threats of princes, imprisonment, tortures, mistreatment, false accusations, tests, trials, persecutions, and even death. By it, we build crazy big boats the size of two football fields when it's not even a sight or a cloud of rain anywhere to be seen. And then by it, we pack it full of every animal on God's green earth. Hebrews eleven seven. By it, we literally rip the roofs off of people's homes to get to Jesus. Mark 2, 3 through 5. By it, we walk on water. By it, we know God created the earth. By it, we say yes and amen to every promise of God. By it, we heal the sick, cast out demons, trample on scorpions, and raise the dead. I'd say this is a pretty important deposit to get. Jesus asked this question. He says, when I return, will I find it on this earth? Luke 18, 8. Mm. Impossible to please God without faith. Of the Israelites in the desert, God said, I will hide my face my presence from them. The place of faith in the presence of God is very, very critical. The place of faith in prayer is very, very critical. The place of faith in transformation is so, so critical. The place of faith in bringing this gospel to the nations and to the neighborhoods is so absolutely critical. We don't have time to break all that down. But without faith, God is not pleased. Hmm. And yet, this is the work we have been called to believe. Wouldn't it be the tactic of the enemy to begin to sink seeds of doubt, begin to sow seeds of unbelief, begin to get us into 
that thought pattern of rationalizing everything that comes our way. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be the tactic of the enemy to try to pull this right out from underneath the church so that we no longer operate, walk by, live by, pray by faith, but rather we just go by our own strength and our own power. Hmm. The role of faith is so critical, and it, it is one, I believe, that needs to be restored in a capacity to the church that isn't just for miracles. I believe God's been reawakening that for some time now. But there's a spirit of unbelief that governs ever, over every region I go to. It doesn't matter what region it is. There is a spirit of unbelief. When I moved from Boston to Texas, the Lord said, go to Texas. He said, go to Bryan, Texas. And I said, Lord, can anything good come out of Bryan, Texas? But uh, we pack up our family. We had been serving about 300 families in an inner city. We had planted house fellowships. And the Lord said, I want you to now go. I want you to go to, to Texas. And I said, Lord, that's fine. But you're going to have to talk to my wife because she already says she's not going. And so it took five years. You know, sometimes you have to wait on the Lord and sometimes that is your wife, <laughs> and you wait. But when that yes came in and there was agreement, we had no idea what the journey would be. You see, I, the way that God called me 20 years plus ago, he said, son, I want you to fully trust me, and I want you to not take a salary. I don't want you to fundraise. I just want you to go and to bring the word that I give to you. And you just trust me. And I said, God, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know how to do that. I had one brother that I could kind of look at and, and he was doing, doing that, but, I, but I, it was so foreign to me. And yet at the same time, I knew he was telling me to do this, but I was trying to figure it out in my own mind. How am I gonna do this? What do you mean, just go? And he said, I want you to look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Of how much more value are you than they? I said, okay, Lord. And he said to me, he said, you know, you have no problem standing right now on this earth knowing that this thing is spinning at an incredible pace Flip, flying around a sun or whatever you scientifically believe, but the whole thing, and you're not wondering one thought or any fear or any anxiety, am I gonna fly off of this earth? That's never even occurring. But boy, oh boy, let that light bill show up in your email, and it's like you lost every ounce of fiber strength in you, and now you're worrying. I was like, okay, Lord, I hear you, right? And it's like all of us, and, and so he's like, yet out of my mouth, 
The world was created and you believe it and you don't worry about it. And yet out of my mouth came, look at the birds of the air. And you're struggling with that one, but not this one that's way bigger. Thank you, Adam and Eve. <laughs> the fall creating this weird thought pattern in us, right? Because the carnal mind is at war with the word of, word of God. But anyway, so the Lord says, I want you to just begin this journey with me. So I begin this journey with God. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I have no idea where funding will come from. I have no idea what it's all gonna, gonna amount to. But I do have one idea. His name is Jesus. And I had to go deep, and I'm, so, I'm, so I'm in there deep, and I'm just crying out to him, God, I'm just gonna trust you. I'm just gonna believe. I know what you said to me, therefore, I'm gonna hold on to that. And you know, when God speaks something to you, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Make sure it lines up with the word, but hold on to it. So as, as I was going, miraculous ways in which God would provide, I, I, I could write five books on it. It was unbelievable what God was doing. But then, you know, we were, we weren't, we were living in Boston every month, everything paid for. I, we would show up in airports, go travel, do ministry, and not tell anybody that, that, you know, we have a need or anything. And he'd say, don't say anything. And I'll just go. And people would come up to me in airports and come up and say, the Lord spoke to me about you. And they would hand me amount of money and it paid all the tickets. Wild type testimony stuff. So we're gonna journey now. And I have no idea how it's all gonna happen. We're gonna journey now from Boston after doing 12 years living completely by faith, not just by myself, now with a wife, now with five kids, and they got hungry mouths. Those kids' mouths are more valuable than the birds. And I just keep reminding myself, and I just keep going. And, and not only were my kids being fed, but 300 inner city people were being fed as well. And the Lord said, I want you to go to Texas now, and I want you to trust me. So we pack up the car, and everything that we had for belongings fit in the back of this, uh, and we still got it. It's out here. It's drove it, it's this Honda Odyssey. And so the kids, we got the kids to fly out with my wife's sister and me and one of my other sons and we packed up everything we owned just in that Honda Odyssey. All seven, seven of us get out to Texas, have no idea what's going on and the Lord said, hey, I want you to go on a fast and I go into this fast. And we're living at this point on the top of my father and mother-in-law's home. And he says, I want you to go on a fast and, and I'm thinking the fast is gonna be, okay, this is what we're gonna do next, right? You're always thinking that fast is out there. So I go into this fast, I'm just seeking the Lord's face, all of a sudden I get super sick. And it wasn't just because I didn't have food, but something was going on internally inside of me. And after about the third day, I inquire of the Lord. I said, Lord, what is that? And the Lord spoke to me so clearly. It wasn't audible, but it was so clear. He said, son, you have a spirit of unbelief. I said, Lord, I 
think maybe you got the wrong guy. I said, how many people do you know that's living the way that I do? I've trusted you all these years. You know I trust you. And he answered me back and he said, I will deal with your pride later. Right now I'm dealing with your unbelief. not thinking about it. <laughs> I am serious. I hit the floor. And I said, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And it felt so freeing to be able to receive that from the Lord. First, I wanted to resist him, but then he was just like, son, don't you dare question me. <laughs> and I was like, whew. You know, when, the, when God speaks to you like that, he gets your attention real quick. And you don't feel, you feel empowered. It's the strange thing, right? You feel it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. But up out of that repentance, he said, you renounce this thing. And I'll tell you, there was something that, it was a new rivers of living water that started to come up from within. And I said, said, I said that thing right now in Jesus' mighty name. I renounce you. You foul, unclean spirit of unbelief. No longer will you have a grip over my thinking. I'm telling you, that thing fell off. It fell off. And I think that's one of the things that I just want to encourage each of us. Self-deliverance is one of the most beautiful things you can do. You, you're empowered to tell the enemy, no mas. Right? You're empowered to tell the enemy, no more will you influence the way that I think. And, and we just take our minds and we dip them in that kingdom washing machine called the word of God. And day after day after day, we're just soaking it in there and allowing God to spit out anything that needs to be spit out, wash out anything that needs to be washed out so we can come up with the mind of Jesus Christ. Because listen, this is what I love about God. He is jealous, not just so that we agree with some of what God's word says. He is jealous that every single fiber of our being is coming into agreement with what he says to be true. And we shouldn't settle for anything less. Don't ever settle for anything less. Don't settle because it's comfortable. Don't settle because it seems right. Don't settle for anything less than every part of your thinking, every area of your heart, because the word says, trust in the Lord with half of your heart. And on some of your understanding, lean on him. And in a couple of your ways, acknowledge him, especially on Sunday. Right? No. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Every single part of it. But here's the good news. The good news is he wouldn't tell us to do it if he wouldn't give us the empowerment to do it. And that's one of the areas of unbelief is I believe the enemy has convinced us. He's convinced us that we actually can't do that whole thing right there. Every single decision we would make, we can put it right in the Lord's hands. And we can trust him. We can trust him over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what that person says, no matter if we had enough Cheerios when we were three or not, we can trust him with every single thing. And this now begins a process with the Lord. He says, son, you, 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 it's good. You bring in the gospel. 
He said, but you're bringing a flashlight. And I said, God, talk to me. He said, you go in places and you'll shine the light. He said, but you know cockroaches can hide when it's just a flashlight. He said, I am the light of the world and I dwell in your temple. And I do not carry a flashlight. I am a floodlight that lights up everything. And you've got things pulled in your thinking that isn't allowing me to shine all the way through. And he said, be intentional, son. Be very intentional to see what those areas are and to repent of them. He said, you will find that this truth will set you free. He said, let me pierce your heart. Let me pierce your mind. Let me come in because you know I'm good and I correct those whom I love. And I was like, Lord, lay it on me. Just bring it. And in this moment, the power of God began to resurface. And I think that God wants a people again that fully trust him. Fully trust him. There's so many things we could talk about on that, but I just want to tell you what happened real quick. So my wife, and here we are living in Texas, not knowing what God's gonna do next, just knowing that he's dealing with us. And we're seeing it just through the family, deliverance. Even on the kids. We're seeing God beginning just to, to ignite and come and, and pour his spirit out of fresh and anew. And so now my wife's like, Matt, I think we're supposed to look for a place. And I said, okay. And she goes, I'm gonna call this realtor. And so she calls up a realtor and she says to the realtor, um, my husband and I came out here from, from Boston and we feel like God wants to um, open up a home where we could minister out of. And she says to the realtor, but there's a catch here. We don't have a salary. We have nothing in savings. We have no down payment and we have no cosigner. Will you show us a house? Realtor's like, yeah. Um, but this realtor says, you know what? My job is pretty much the same. And therefore, why not? He's thinking in the back of his mind, you know, they, they probably got some money put away and they're gonna get a house. Well, we end up, and when I say we didn't have a dime, they can testify to it. We didn't have a dime. Well, for about a month, we're looking at places, nothing really sticks out. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, my wife finds this place, but she doesn't think I would really like it. I said, no, let me, step, let me look into it. And I go into this home, and, and I'm looking around, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow, this could really work. It looked like something straight out of Fixer Upper, right? We're in Texas, Fixer Upper. I was like, this just the anointing of God right here. And then I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, that's so nice. I'm setting myself up for some major failure and disappointment. But, but by faith, I'm going. I think my wife was carrying more faith at this point. But 
And I said to her, I said, no, we need to look at this. Call the realtor and see if we can get in here. So the realtor comes, we, go, we start looking, and, and Travis and Carol actually come, and we pray right on this driveway. Two weeks later, I'm invited to go and speak at a men's retreat. I don't know the leadership. It's one of the guys in the church is putting on the retreat, and the leadership just basically told this guy, hey, we trust you, just bring in whoever. I was like, wow, they're crazy, right? It's kind of like Paul, crazy, just bring me in. We met like twice. <laughs> so if you have anything, any problems with anything that's being said in here tonight, Paul is right here. He'll field every question. He'll handle all of the stuff that goes on afterwards. I'm heading back to Texas by faith. So, <laughs> so anyway, two weeks later, here I am. I'm in this men's retreat, and, I, and the Lord tells me to speak on um, prayer for the first night. And so it's about 30 guys. I'm in this, you know, we're on campgrounds, this little compact room, and I'm preaching on prayer. 20 minutes into it, the guy raises his hand. He says, hey, 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 can you stop? We need to respond. Conviction hit him. I see this sometimes overseas. It's very rare in the Western world where somebody's gonna step up, I have to respond. And all the guys getting down. For three hours, they cried out to God in repentance for not praying. For three hours, because I said, hey, when you think about it, when you think about prayer usually, Especially in modern day church, it's usually the church moms that are pressing in with prayer. And praise the Lord and thank you for every church mom that is pressed in with prayer. Keep going and keep pressing in because it is having an effect. Because the fervent prayer of a righteous one has much effect. Amen? And then the scripture says, Elijah was a man just like you and me. Wait a second. You understand what that just said? It didn't say you had to be like Elijah. It said Elijah was like you. And therefore, you are made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And therefore, get fervent in those prayers. Believing that when you pray, that the skies can be shut up. And when you pray, you can rend the heavens and the power and the presence of God can come down. If we're believing anything less, then we're settling. And if we're believing anything less, then we are coming into agreement with the rationalization of the human mind. But we've done that already. We've prayed that it never happened. Well, Jesus said this, ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. He says it right after, if you remember, it was the persistent neighbor that kept knocking on the door. That wasn't ask once and then be done, ask three times, be done. That is a continual asking, a continual. True faith has feet to it that don't stop. Because Jesus said, when I come back, will I find that kind of faith on earth? Because when you really believe, you keep going. There isn't that stop. But if there is that stop, then get back up like a righteous man that has fallen seven times. Get back up and keep walking. These guys start crying out. I was preaching that little message right there. They're crying out. And they're pressing in. It was three hours. And I said, whoa. I just put it down, got down with them. I was like, okay, Lord, you're speaking. The next day we come in. And I'm, I get up and I begin to talk about the, the power of God. 
So there's prayer, then we're going into the power. Again, 20 minutes goes into it. And this kid is sitting in about the third row and he screams out and he says, help me, help me. And on the third one, he's like, help! I mean, we, had to, we had to put hands over our ears. And he hits the floor, his whole body convulsing, turning inside out. If there was medical people there, they would have absolutely attended to this, but I knew what was going on. And then all of a sudden, he looked back up at me. Not one white's in his eyes. As many of us in here have probably seen it. But he had glowing green snake eyes down the middle. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those. Nine demons came out of this kid. These things were viciously coming after us in a way that all I can tell you is real, real stuff. But on the end one, this kid was um, the drummer. Who's the drummer in here? No, I'm joking. This kid, <laughs> this kid was their drummer. At the end of it, I said to him, I said, hey, there is no shame with Jesus, but I need you to tell me what just happened. And he said to me, he said, and because the reason why I said this to him is because one of these demons, I mean, it looked right at me and said, my allegiance and name is Keisha. It gives this girl's name. And I knew, I was like, oh no. I said, can you tell me what has happened? He said, when I was five years old, I overheard my parents speaking and they said that they did not want a boy, they wanted a girl. He said, from that moment on, I gave them what they wanted. A spirit of rejection entered in the womb. It continued at five years old, and he began to walk this all the way out. But when God's power came upon him, and the blood comes, it sets us free. So the leadership then looks at me after these two nights and says, could you go for a walk? And I was like, okay, maybe that's the walk that says it's a little too much. I thought that was a pretty interesting thing that they asked me to go do. So I, so I go out there, I go for a walk, and I'm praying. And they say, could you come on back in? And so we discuss a little bit about what had happened. And, you know, I looked at some scriptures, and they were completely all on board because the amazing thing that happened, when they saw their friend in that state, Man, every single one of them jumped up and fought for their friend. You know, it wasn't one of those times where you're going to teach everybody, hey, one at a time. You let that thing go sometimes. Right? I understand that there's like proper etiquette and deliverance and there's proper etiquette and healing. But we are so protocoled out in the Western church. It's time to smash some of those protocols and just be led by the Spirit. And if people are being activated, let them be activated for a moment. We can talk about some of that stuff afterwards. We're trying to perfect something God doesn't want to be perfect. We are so, so, so conditioned by the program, we don't even know what the presence is anymore. And we've made disciples of a system rather than disciples of the Savior. And we've made disciples of nice, neat, tidy little churches, but it doesn't look like disciples of Christ. And God is reawakening his people and saying, I want you to understand 
that I didn't come for your nice cookie cutter Christianity. I came to disrupt this thing. And isn't it true that every time that God's presence comes, the regular church service gets messed up? Every time historically. And don't you know that the very first church service that ever took place was a 10-day prayer gathering, only they didn't know it was gonna be 10 days. And they were seeking the face of the living God for the Holy Spirit to pour out because they knew they could not perform the task that was given to them without the presence of God. Oh, that we could recapture this. Oh, that we could grip back at this. That we could become authentic again. That we could be a people of prayer that would press in. That we could be a people of faith that would believe and that we would be a people. We would be a people that would be so free to get out of our nice little ways and let the Spirit of God begin to move again. Oh, Jesus is the builder of the church. We come alongside it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Noah, listen to me for a second. Can you imagine God comes to Noah and says, I want you to build an ark because I'm gonna send a flood. Can you imagine on day eight, if Noah said to the Lord, hey, I got it from here. I'm good. Wow, I wonder how many times we've done that in our own lives. Start off in the spirit, end up in the flesh. How many times we've done that in our churches? How many times we've done that just in our walk with God? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Do you know when that was spoken? That was spoken at the relaying of the foundation. It was Zerubbabel. Zechariah comes inspired of the Lord. And this is so deep for us to receive it and what's really being said here. Because when you look up those words in the Hebrew, might, power, and those things has to do with human intellect, has to do with militant strength, has to do with finances, has to do with everything that the human can achieve in their own clever, neat little ways. And God comes to us and says, it will not be that way because no flesh will glory in my sight. It will be a church that I will build. And it'll be by my spirit. Oh, there needs to be a mass repentance that could take place among a people of God again, that we'd be drawn into it and say, God, we've tried to do this in our own strength. We stopped believing that you could build the church. Many of us have known him as the bridegroom and are returning to the first love. Many of us have known him as the baptizer and he's filled us up with the spirit. But oh, I wonder, do we really know him as the builder of his church? What would it look like if Jesus came into our cities? What would it look like if Jesus came into our towns? What would it look like? Would Jesus applaud us or would he be appalled at what has happened? And I think that's okay to say that. I don't need anybody's agreement to say that. I'm agreeing with the Lord. And I know, I know in my spirit something is shifting in this day. I know in my spirit. I know that I know that I know God is gonna get his church. And it's gonna look different. 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 Oh, but it's gonna be so alive. So freeing. Every time the presence comes, the regular service gets wrecked. And you know what we do? We go back to it. 
You guys understand what I'm saying here? We go back to it. And it's like, wait a second. Maybe he wrecked it for a reason. And it wasn't just for that moment. Maybe trying to get our attention to say, do we believe that it could always be that way? Or is there unbelief in us? Right? Hmm. These gentlemen come to me in this retreat after I come back in and they hand me a book. They said, turn to chapter 12. I turn to chapter 12. It has these big letters across and it says, faith. They said, God's been speaking to you about that. I was like, God's been rebuking my butt about that. And, and I turn the page. They say, turn the page. I turn the page. There's a check there for $12,500. And I look at them and I say, guys, first of all, I've been here for 12 hours. That's a pretty good per hour fee. I said, but honestly, because, oh, if I could share my heart on this, because of the abuses that have taken place in the Western church, churches all over the world in this area, I, I, I just want to let you know, I've, I have not come to receive anything. I've come to freely give. And I have to stay with integrity in my heart with this, and I can't receive this. And they just say back to me, I said, hey, that's great, but you need to hear what the Lord spoke to us. And he said back to me, he said, the Lord said this, what has happened in here in these last two days is worth more than a million dollars to us. I knew in that moment that this wasn't a payment of services. They understood the kingdom of God. And they said back to me, he said, this is the first installment on the new mission home we are buying for you. God spoke this to us when you went for the walk. Hold on. So I call my wife, it's about 11 p.m. at night where she was, and she goes running, screaming, jumping, oh my goodness. And on the drive home, I've got this check in my pocket. The Lord says to me, do not touch it. I was like, Lord, you better tell my wife before I get home. <laughs> so I tell the realtor what has happened. He said, oh my goodness, are you serious? I said, yeah, this is, this is how God has done this. He's like, okay, you've got the down payment. Let's put in an offer. And I said, well, there's a catch here. God told me, don't touch it. He said, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> My father-in-law in his best Texan accent goes, you stupid. <laughs> I was filled with the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> he was. That check sits in my pocket for over a month. The church comes to me and says, hey, it's going to take us over a year. And we were convinced this is going to be the house that God has. But the Lord said, don't touch it. A month goes by. 
the house sells. And I said, well, Lord, it's in your hands, not mine. I don't want to control any of it. Oh, Lord Jesus, just free us of control even right now. Just let this word, right? Just let this testimony just come and free us of any control on anything. You just do what God says. Well, the Lord speaking to me during this time and when the house sells, I just kind of got back into that place. God's power still moving as we're doing ministry. God doing things all over. What ends up happening is another month goes by and my wife sees the house is back on the market, tells our realtor, the realtor now emails the realtor for the seller and the realtor for the seller says, hey, the weirdest thing just happened. The people that bought the home, they walked away from it after the grace period and they left their earnest money on the table and just said, we're not taking the house. Okay, God, you got our attention again. We were just like, this is not normal that people would leave their, their down payment on it and walk away from it. Well, at that point, the realtor says to me, so I just wanna let you know, this is a Friday, he goes, I just wanna let you know, you need to use that money. He's like, I'm speaking to you as a realtor and put it on that house, it's gonna sell. It was the only house that I saw, even in the cities we were looking, that could remotely work for what I felt like the Lord had for us. And, and my wife was like, yeah, I mean, this completely could work. That Friday, the realtor says it to me. I get a phone call right after the realtor says this. And this pastor of this church says, hey, can you come down um, and just share with us this Sunday? It's, it's the same church that was basically at the retreat, and so I said, yeah, I'll come down. So we go down, I begin to share, and the same thing happens, the power of God comes on this kid, and it was like lightning shot through him. He was like a flagpole, like a flag on a flagpole. And I said, what the heck just happened? He's like, I just felt the power of God shoot through my body, and I feel like a thousand pounds fell off of me. I said, well, what was going on with you? He said, he said I was addicted. I said, to what? He goes, everything. So the church then sits our family in the middle and says, hey, here's, here's what you need to do. Every visiting preacher that comes in, we sit them in the middle, we pray over you, and we give you the best pie in all of this area of Texas. So we sit down. He's like, open up the pie. Open up the pie. There's a check there for $112,500. I said, you're right. That's the best pie I've ever had in Texas. I didn't even take a bite. But... <laughs> So I call the realtor and say, hey, this just happened. He said, don't you ever listen to my realtor advice again. He seriously said that to me. He said, listen, I am going to say stupid stuff. Don't listen to me. I have a check for 12.5 in my pocket. I have a check for 112.5. God says, don't touch it.
Sometimes I don't think we realize how much glory God wants to get out of things, and he's just wanting us to wait. So I don't touch it, and the Lord says, talk to your wife about giving it all away. I said, Lord, listen. I'll pick up my cross, but you are putting me in the shooting range right now. And that sniper, my wife, is going to blow my head off. So I approach my wife. She looks at me. Words were exchanged. And then she said, well, let's pray. We went on a three-day fast together. At the end of the fast, she wept and wept and wept and said, God, forgive me for the ugliness that was in my heart. You've given it to me. It came from you. How would I not be free to give it back? Two hours later, I get a phone call from these people and say, hey, listen, we were, we were praying about you guys. And the Lord said, if you need a home, that we are to purchase it for you. Oh my gosh. So I call the church and say, hey, this just happened. And the church said back to me, H-E double hockey sticks. No, that's our blessing. I was like, Seriously? They said, absolutely not. They're like, we don't want any control on it, but the Lord spoke to us. And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'll take my hands off it. We'll pray. We'll see what God does. So then the Lord releases and says, put in the offer. We put in the offer for 125,000. Money goes a lot further in that area of Texas than it does in some of the other parts of the country. So put in the offer and they reject the offer. What the heck? It's cash. They reject it. We change some of the terms at the end, and they reject it. We don't reject the money. We don't change the money. We just change some of the terms at the end, and they reject it. And here we are, and I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And everybody says to me, you have 125000 cash. Use that as your down payment, and just wait for God will provide, or if you want to do it this way, use 75,000 as your down payment, keep the other 50,000, just pay it off until, until God pays the whole thing off. Makes sense, right? God said, do not. Do not until I provide the whole thing. Everybody in Texas looked at me and said, you stupid. My wife was looking at me, honey, you sure? I was like, yeah, I think this is what we're supposed to do. Let's just, let's just see what God wants. I mean, look at how far we've come on this. Well, a month goes by, and every day we're on that website looking to see, did that house sell? Did that house sell? Because, you know, we're walking by faith. <laughs> And my wife, Mary, looks at me, and she's never done this in all these years of living this way by faith. She looks at me, she says, Matt, there's $10,000 coming, and we are to put it to a house. I'm 
I said, well, okay. I get down on my knees with the family. We're in the upper part of, of their place, and we just pray. and say, Lord, let your will be done. Ten minutes later, I get a phone call from another couple, and they say to me, they say, hey, we were praying for you guys this morning, and the Lord spoke very specifically to us and said to us, we are to give you $10,000. You can't say no. It's already in the mail. And you are to put it to a house. I was like, whoa. That was quick. I call the realtor and say, this just happened. He said, like I said, don't listen to a word I say. You just keep following what God says. I end up, we put, we, he now calls the realtor for the seller. When he calls the realtor for the seller, he asked me, can I disclose the whole story? I said, absolutely. You can, you can share the whole thing. He calls the realtor, and the realtor for the seller says back to him, says, well, you're never gonna believe this. Right now, the, the owner is about to sign off on exactly $10,000 more than what you first offered. Said, number two, the realtor for the owner says, number two, I'm a believer. And this story of God's goodness is touching my heart. She goes, number three, I'm not just the realtor for the owner and seller. I'm also her relative. Two days later, the house was ours. I think God wants more glory, right? He just... In my own natural mind, I would have put the 12-5 down right away. And I'm not saying it has to happen like this every time, but I do think it's time to stretch faith. It's time to really, really, really trust in the Lord with all our heart. From that moment, the Lord said to us as a family, do not go and do ministry for me. We know how to do that. He said, I want you to minister to me. The church is being called back to a ministry to the Lord. Many of us have fallen into that pattern of the work of the Lord, but we have forgotten the Lord of the work. And the Lord of the work, he is the one that does this. And when we seek him, we seek him for him. And for a year, he said, do not just go out and do what you know to do. Rather, you stay right in this place and you minister to me. And as a family, we did this. And out of this is when we began to invite some of the older Jesus people. Out of this, we began to invite the different ones that the Lord was laying on our hearts and say, can we seek the Lord together? Can we be a people that would be authentic and real? Could we be a people that would repent? Could we be a people that would trust in the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, that we would love him with every fiber of our being and trust that he could do something that is impossible with man, but is completely possible with God. And it was there that the Lord's presence began to move among us. We have had it literally rain in our living room. Literally, rain would come down, and people would get rained on. 
God would move in ways that were, that were outside of the norm, but were completely within the norm of the supernatural. And I know that this is a church that believes in the supernatural. So let it be a little bit of lighter fluid on the fire that's already burning. Let it be something right now, an impartation, again, of a refreshing of faith. Let it be something that inside of your heart is stirring, stirring and stirring for something that God could do that no man could do, but that God alone can do and wants to do. I think this is something we need to be reminded of, that God wants to pour out his spirit more than we want him to pour out his spirit. This was his idea, not ours. This is his heart. And now we just want to come into agreement with it, in agreement with every part of it, that he is good, he is good, he is good, and his love endures forever. It doesn't stop. There's no ending to it. It keeps going, the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is not dependent on the circumstance of situation. God was good when we didn't have the house. And God is good now that we have it. And if he asks for it back, he's still good. Because he's good all the time. And therefore, we know as God's people... We know that in every single circumstance, we can give thanks. And every single thing, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Because ministry unto the Lord never stops. It's a 24-hour-7 deal. Can we stand up for a second? I'm sorry if I kept you a little bit long, but I'm not sorry. Oh, God, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord, just whoever the musicians are, if you could just be led of the Spirit. Yes, Lord, can we, if you feel led, just come out of, come out of our seats. Just if, if you feel led by the Spirit, just come on down. I just wanna, wanna see God activate what God wants to activate. Yes, just come, just come, just be led by the presence of God. Just come and step forward. Let him come and just draw in your heart. Maybe it's, and even if you want to come over in these areas, whatever areas, but just sometimes we got to step out of wherever we have been in the physical because he's wanting to do something in the spiritual. And the presence of God is here. There's the presence of the Lord is here to heal. The presence of the Lord is here to deliver. The presence of the Lord is here to restore. The presence of God is here to recover some things. There's some more that still need to, you're wondering, you're just supposed to just step out. Just step out. Just step out. Let, let this not be just a nice little moment, but rather let it be an encounter with the living God. Let it be that encounter that God's saying, because he's wanting to do something through all of you. All of you. All of you. James, come on up here. Travis Carroll. Yes, Lord. The Lord's just wanting to move. And some of the other ones, even in here, are, are you, you need to be released, however you guys do this, but you should be released to pray for one another. That this isn't gonna just be one person here, but together we're gonna fight for one another. In here right now, we're gonna fight for one another. We're gonna fight the good fight of faith together. We're gonna pray for one another. Every, even right now, under the sound of my voice, every area of unbelief, be broken, be broken, be broken, be broken right now in Jesus' name. All unbelief, you have been served notice by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let faith rise, faith rise, faith rise. Let your inner man rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. Let it just go up, let it rise, let it rise. Inner man, hear the voice of the living God. Arise, arise and believe every word. Unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. Off of every, everyone. 
If the Lord's telling you to just repent, go ahead and give it to him. If the Lord's saying, hey, I want you to trust me in this area, just go ahead and give it. Go ahead and give it. Yes, Lord. It doesn't need to be anything but what God wants right now. Are there more of the musicians? Or whoever, just keep on pressing in right here. Keep on pressing in, just keep on seeking. Keep on letting the Lord come and touch. Don't look to me, look to the Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Just release the prophetic spirit that's in this house. Let it be released. Let it be released. Every gift stirred, every gift stirred, every prayer stirred. Yes, Jesus. I'm just going to wait. Holy Spirit, come. Keep coming, Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. Reach out for him. Reach out for him. Yes, God. Yes, God.